are four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Getting through those last days of school and coming up with some outdoor educational activities. Oh, boy. It was a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we've arrived. It's the home stretch. The school year is coming to an end. All you have to do now, testing's over, I hope, is come up with some fun and educational activities that will get you through to that last day when you're going to cry because you miss it all so much. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, not, true. Not a lot. Um, yeah. You know, the weather is so beautiful usually. Um, at least it's getting better in Michigan. Other parts of the country, I bet you it's more beautiful. But in Michigan, the last snowbank is melted. And it's we beautiful. were outside biking today. It was gorgeous. <laughs> It's um, shocking. I gotta say, I was up north at my dad's this weekend, and he still had a couple of big snowbanks going on. Uh, but you know, it's your thoughts turn to summer vacation. Wow! See, wow. you've been it was sixty here because of the heat, or because of the cold, or because of the snow, or the rain. Um, so, what a, what's the best way to spend those last days and taking your kids outside? Mm-hmm. So. What is an outdoor learning activity to you guys, guys? What do you think? Well, you take the kids outdoors and you explore, you acquire, you learn about different things. Um, You might go and hug a tree, (laughs) plant a garden. Absolutely hug a tree or two. Yeah, it's wonderful. Recycle, learn about that, and composting. Mm -hmm. And for you science teachers, you can learn about uh, different habitats, right? Fits Mm -hmm. so well with science, Mm -hmm. nature studies. And make giant posters. We used to do that. <laughs> it's fun, too, to do, like, um, journal writing. I even, like, will bring big blankets and fleece blankets and quilts and stuff from home and surprise the kids with laying them all out in the schoolyard, you know, under the shades of, shade of some trees. And we take boxes of books out, and we sometimes will spend an afternoon reading laying out on the book. Heaven. And oh, reading. my gosh. That's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I like to take them out and fling paint everywhere. I, do I talk about that later? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. We'll talk about that later, but that's what I like to do. Use up all the paint from the year. You know, more to come. Sidewalk talk has come a long way from. Oh my gosh. We had the most wonderful art teacher and she used to take my class out every year and make Georgia O'Keeffe flowers mm-hmm. in sidewalk chalk all over our playground. It was just magnificent. There's so much stuff to, to, to check out, you know, even like to make um, some of the hand homemade, although birds don't need it as much as they did in the winter, but to make homemade bird bird food stuff, you know, with the peanut butter and you put it in a mold and there's so much that you can do. So, yeah, there really is. What are some of the benefits to taking your kids outdoor for learning activities? Let's talk about that. You know, I was t- 
talking to um, a mental health professional a few years ago. We were we were talking about different approaches and and different research with kids. And one of the things that she was saying, and this isn't just specific to kids, but to human beings in general, is that when a person is out in nature, whether they're walking or hiking or just moving around, um, scientists have studied what it does for their brains. And one of the things that they look at is the type of eye movement that a human being has when they're out in nature, because it's very different from eye movement any other time. And they've talked about how it kind of mimics um, the way our eyes move when we sleep and that they think that being out in nature that way, what it does to our brains can be very similar to what sleep does for our brains. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Really, really important. That is so powerful. And it's a great way to decompress, just to take a walk around the schoolyard, you know, Mm -hmm. or to, to, to run across the field, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be a big lesson. Just the act of getting outside, which unfortunately a lot of our kids don't do anymore, um, is, is huge for them. It's huge. Yeah. Thanks to Tracy, I have learned that trees and plants communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. Trees, trees talk to each other. They can hear each other and they can hear you. So hugging a tree isn't just, you know, this cutesy thing you might do. You're actually communicating with nature, encouraging the tree to grow and to, you know, keep giving off the uh, oxygen that we all need. And so amazing. Um, it's, a, it's just a beautiful experience. And, and you know that talking to your plants in your house helps them grow. So yeah. I would just take the kids like on a nature talk, mm-hmm. not, not so much as a nature walk, but to actually communicate verbally with yeah. nature. And, and, you know, talk about, you know, kinesthetic learning. I mean, they really get to touch the things that you might talk about. You know, you, you see an insect, you can touch it if you want to. Yuck. <laughs> but it's it's just so important. And um, and don't don't plants, they feel pain too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's been proven too. So, yeah, so. that's something to think about. If anybody mm-hmm. misses Kathy, by the way, her nice. computer went down, so she didn't just, like, walk away from no. us, just so you know. No rejection, okay. issues, no rejection, no abandonment issues here. We're good. We can come back when she can. You know, right. I just think back to, to my childhood. I grew up in a more rural setting than um, a lot of people in the area where I live now. And I remember going out in the woods with my father. My father taught me how to see. He would point mm. out things he would, we would be in the forest. He would point out, okay, see how the bark is scraped off that tree? That's where a buck scraped the velvet off of his antlers. And do you see how this is bedded down here alongside this marsh? That's because the deer have been sleeping here. And he would point out this stuff. I learned how to look at, I mean, it sounds gross, but you know what? Kids aren't grossed out, really. No, I learned how to animal poop. And I know who had been there to look for animal prints, to know, you know, he taught me how to see. That's like the power of observation. And that transfers to many other academic skills, doesn't it, lady? Absolutely. It's like Owl Moon. Like you grew up in the story of Owl Moon. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. You know, the other good thing about outdoors is the kids become more focused and attentive when they go back indoors. So it's, yes. it's got so many pluses to be doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, sometimes too, um, we don't have the space to do what we want to do. If I want kids to stretch out, if my science um, project is messy or I'm coming up on a unit where we're going to be making um, balloon powered vehicles. I want them to be able to, to do that and to be able to see how far that they'll travel. What a perfect thing to do to take them outside and set up a, a roadway for them to do that instead of a hallway where they're trying to dodge people and people are wanting to get down the hallway and between classes. And it's, it's a great, it's just a great way to right. get them outside. Right. So let's talk about this, ladies. What are some of our favorite outdoor activities? Uh, How about a texture walk? You know, you bring a piece of paper with you and you, you know, you feel the tree and everything, but then you put the paper on it and then you what, you take a crayon or something and you just uh, rub it. Rubbing. Rubbing. That's yeah. always a fun kind of thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I've also done, I think I've talked about that poetry unit where the kids will lie under a tree and they'll look through the leaves to the sky and write a poem about what they see or the That's smells beautiful. of the flowers and grass, you know, the bird sounds. So they just, you know, use their senses. It's a great way to teach figurative language too. So if you say, mm. you know, oh, that cloud, that cloud looks like a, you know, mm-hmm. it's a metaphor mm-hmm. and simile and personification. And it's so experiential and so much more fun than looking at a picture, right? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And then you mentioned reading, of course, and, um, Getting found objects to take back in the classroom and use for an art project or a STEAM project yes. is also a lot of fun. Uh, taking photographs mm-hmm. of, of nature and then using it, you know, again, back in the classroom doesn't have to be for science, can be for mm-hmm. art That's or right. math. Yeah. That's right. You know, the, the shapes and the angles. And- Speaking of math, I have this mm-hmm. project. It's actually in my TPT store and it's called Monet Math. And we start inside where the kids create, we, we learn about Claude Monet and then they do their own garden design using centimeter paper and then they take it down to millimeters. And then we put it to decimeters. We choose one design from the class, we vote on it and we blow that up to mil- to decimeters on paper. Then we go get the cones from the PE teacher and the custodians and all of that. And we blow it up to meters and we take it outside and we put the whole plot out using the cones and measuring tapes. And we figure out if we took our centimeter grid blueprints for our gardens and we put it up to a meter, what would the real garden look like and how would the size be? That is so It's a ton of Can I be in your class? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, we all want to be in your class. so much fun. (laughs) I have so much fun with you guys. Oh, my gosh. And speaking of art, I'm not an art teacher anymore, but um, when I was teaching just fourth grade, I would save up all of my paint because I still had tons of art supplies. And I would buy new acrylics and new um, tempera paints every year and, 
you know, just put them in my closet because who knows when you need them. And at the end of the year, it was so much fun to take it outside, spread out some roll paper or just some big sheets of construction paper. Sometimes we even went to Joanne Fabrics and got canvas and just spread the canvas Mm -hmm. out and just brought out brushes and, and paints and kids in casual clothes that could get yeah. splattered because um, we tell them ahead of time um, and just splatter the paper like Jackson Pollock mm. would do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we bring them back inside and let them dry. It's great afternoon, wow. late afternoon project. But you don't really need more than about an hour. They splatter pretty fast. <laughs> they use up all your old paint. You can get rid of the, you know, recycled uh-huh. containers and, um, let them dry overnight, and then that's when the fun starts. So um, the year we used canvas, we cut cut it up into um, little squares and gave them as Mother's Aww. Day gifts to people to frame. Um, sometimes on the paper, we'll cut them into flower shapes and glue a poem uh-huh. in the center. Uh, you know, nice. just there's so many uses for it. Book covers, poetry yeah. book covers, sure. um, portfolio pages, just on and on. Um, and the kids love it. It's a great, freeing, artistic experience. Well, you, could awesome. tie, you could tie so much into it with writing. I mean, just listening to you talk, I've already got like three writing ideas that I could do. That's, That's so cool. cool. One year... One year we blew bubbles outside, you know, the bubble stuff. And then the kids wrote, yeah. uh, wrote about what, you know, they, they may believe they were the bubble or they were in the bubble and where were they going? And they would just write, you know, they had a great time doing that. It was a lot of fun. It reminds yeah. me, I, rem- I, this just tells you how like powerful these learning experiences could be. I remember being in first grade and my first grade teacher taking us outside in the middle of the winter to snow paint. Ooh. Oh, we painted the snow. I'll never forget it. It was so much fun. And I think, I mean, we had to have used tempera or something, you know, I mean, I don't think it was food coloring. It was tempera paint and we painted on the snow and it was so much fun. You know what? I bet, I bet Tracy even blowing bubbles outside in the snow because it gets cold yeah. and doesn't do something to the bubbles. Yeah. They stay solid. solid. They stay uh-huh. solid. That is so that is cool. another cool yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't want to bring back winter to try it, though. We'll do it next year. Another one. Now, if you are someone who can visualize, take a piece of big tag board and and trace out the shape of a hot air balloon on that tag board and then cut it in half, okay? Or And actually, trace out the shape. Don't cut it in half. Well, yeah, cut it in half. I I lied. Then take... big sheets of tissue paper and fold those in half. And you're going to want, let me think, one, two, three, four, because it's going to end up being eight-sided. Fold them and clip them on top of each other and put that tag half, that half of tag board of that hot air balloon form on and trace it and then cut them all out at the same time, right? Because they're clipped together. So you have to keep adjusting the clips as you cut. Then unfold them and use your masking tape to tape all of the curved edges together and then add tape around the end. And you have a hot air balloon that actually works, I might add. Really? 
take a propane burner. I've done this with my kids outside and it's fantastic um, for science when you're talking about air pressure and heat and how air moves up. Take a, um, get some metal duct work. You need heavy gloves and you, and you take a propane burner and you put the duct work over top of the burner. So you've got the propane, little tiny camping propane tank, the burner that screws on it, right? That burns the propane. And then you have that metal duct work and the kids, you, t- they, you help them hold the mouth of their hot air balloon over that duct work and it fills with hot air and then you help them lift it and then they launch their balloons. Wow. Pictures. We want pictures on your blog. It's this a great, fabulous. It's a That's great wonderful. thing to do. And it's, I haven't done it in years, actually. I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, I have to do this again. It was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, do it. You have to know what you're doing with the um, blow torches or the, what is it? It's the propane. Pro- and it's actually not as yeah. hard as you think it is. It's like a little camping propane tank, and you put on the little screw on burner, and away you go. That's, I mean, that's literally um, what it is. It's not a blowtorch. Yeah. It's, it's because that would that set it on yeah. fire. Yeah, that would and be the, it. The <laughs> just funnels the hot air into the hot air balloon. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can visualize how it works. Mm-hmm. But boy, I'd love to see some pictures of those taking well, off. If we do, oh, why don't you just be, come and, visit and my school and help us? That would be fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, I'm too far. (laughs) We'll stream pictures for you. (laughs) That sounds okay. Yeah, I could be in the pictures then. Ladies, let's talk about this. Outdoor activities are great, but there are some things that we need to put into place before we take the plunge. Let's talk about how we plan. So you have everything planned out. But there's some things that you should probably do first before you take that step outside. You should let the office know where you're going to be, right? Um, yes. And if there's a walkie-talkie, take it. If you don't have a walkie-talkie, take your cell phone. Do it. Right. That's right. And, tell, and let your teaching buddies yeah. know where you are, too. Yes. I mean, so, the reason no, being, it sounds case. it sounds silly, especially if you're just in the schoolyard and you think, okay, what what's wrong? What could go wrong? Well, you know, there are things. There's hay fever. There's asthma. There's bee mm-hmm. stings. There are children who are allergic to bee stings who didn't know they were allergic to bee stings. Yeah, and that's another thing. When you're yes. alerting the office, get your field trip Um a first aid kit yes. and EpiPens and whatever yeah. else you would take if you were going to the zoo or to the park or the planetarium, take it with you. Yeah, and make sure kids know what poison ivy looks like. Right. You don't want that. So, right. I mean, those right. are just some, some basic precautions. And, and know what types of natural resources are in your environment. Going back to what Deanne just said about poison ivy, that's, I mean, we, we don't, we assume it won't be on the playground, but as you get out into the perimeter of your playground, that's probably mm-hmm. might be some. And also invite everyone to have a bathroom break yep. before you go out mm-hmm. because a lot of buildings are in permanent mm-hmm. lockdown now. And for them to go um, back into the building and back out again, that's going to, you know, cause ripples for don't a lot forget of your people. If you have a fob, um, don't forget it. Because 
that's how you get back in. Right. Also, I think, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I take learning into a bigger space, sometimes it feels like, you know, I'm, I'm hurting cats. (laughs) And so yeah. <laughs> it's important to know what you want to accomplish and keep your eye on the prize because for some reason for me when the environment gets bigger that I'm teaching in oh boy I I, I sometimes lose focus so know what your purpose is because that yes. if you don't know it and communicate it how do you expect your kids to that's right and, and you definitely to, communicate it while you're still indoors. I was going to say, you don't want to open the door and have yeah. the kids just run wild out the, you know, right. the front door. So while you're still inside, here's yes. the plan. Yes. Here's Maybe. what we're going to do. Here's when we're going to do it. And here's how we're going to do it. Go ahead. Make sure, yeah. make sure you bring what you need so that they don't have to go back in. Pencils, papers, paint, yeah. books, whatever. And I think, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of proactive management when you're going outdoors goes a long way. And what I mean by proactive management, something as simple as you walk from your classroom door to the outside door. And before you open the door, you turn and you look, you smile and you go, okay, let's remember what we're doing. When you leave this door, you are walking to, you know, rehearse it with them. It's proactive. That way you're not reactive where you're going, all right, get back inside. It goes a long way, right? Right. Behavior room, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Of course, very important. And then take some deep breaths and enjoy the activity. Absolutely. And you will. You all will. Fresh air and sunshine and learning. It It just goes together. I love it. All right, ladies, it's all we have time for tonight. Today, um, let's cut to our number one favorite outdoor activity. What do you love to do? Well, I think bending down to smell the flowers, typical <laughs> 70s <laughs> reaction. You know, <laughs> tonight for dinner. Crunchy <laughs> uh, granola. That's it. I did. No. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> shave my legs yet. <laughs> oh, good. See if you can wait till April 22nd. I dare you. <laughs> and then I'd have a bush. okay i love 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 reading and writing poetry outside and then splatter Mm -hmm. painting not together at different times (laughs) one of my favorite things to do is to do a nature journal where kids find things that they want to keep and then i teach them we either remember the old wax paper leaves remember do that so Uh to be able to press things between the big our big dictionary pages and then mat them. I take like um, old, um, well, not, yeah, old um, grocery bags, the brown, nat, you know, kind of craft paper grocery bags and cut them up and we make books. And then we mat our, our stuff there and we write about the things that we collected. And it's one of my favorite things to do with kids because it's descriptive writing. Um, oh, yeah. Gosh, and you just reminded me of one more thing I love to do, and I'll take Kathy's time. We'll pretend first. I don't know what she was going to say. 
All all of these little petals and leaves and and blades of grass that you find outside, if you come in and you make paper with the kids, scraps from your scrap box, paper towels, blend them up in the blender with some water, spread them out on screens with felt underneath. It's really easy to do. And and then put these little found... um, things from nature and press them into the paper. When it dries, you'll have beautiful handmade paper to write your poetry on. All right. I'm going to jump in on this because I I have two things to add to that because I'm I'm so excited. Okay. The first thing is Retta, not only that, but then go get some big things of wildflower seeds and let your kids put those into the paper. And then they can plant the paper. And the seeds will come up when they're done with the Mother's Day card. And then the other yep. thing is yeah. Mother's Day, yeah. Grandma's Day. There's a fabulous, special there's a fabulous yeah. video out idea. there. Yeah. Do you guys remember, um, Deanne, you might not because I know you taught, you taught middle school, but Lois Ellert, mm-hmm. and her books are all like paper collage. And, you know, she paints... She painted with paper there's a video that shows how she makes her own paper pulp dyes it in a variety of different ways and then puts that pulp into the squeeze bottles and then squeezes it over the screen and she's painting with liquid paper and that's how she makes her illustrations really that's amazing I have the video on VHS which of course I have no way to play it now but I'm guessing it's old enough it's got to be out there on YouTube Lois Ellert and what a cool cool way to teach kids about how paper is made and and how you can take it and you know just kind of amplify that look at what she did I mean she illustrated a whole book that way very cool. You know, I don't have the classroom anymore, but you bet I'm going to be out in the yard with my grandchildren. That's a wonderful idea. You. I love that. Ladies, we are done okay. for this week. Our listeners, if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a rating or drop us a comment. If you, if you have topics that you would like to hear us talk about, be sure to comment. We read your comments religiously. Be sure to comment. Check out our blog posts in our show notes. Also, you might want to go ahead and look for that YouTube link. I'm going to make a concerted effort to put it in there for you. Be sure to come back next week. We're going to be talking about how it happens if you're the teacher who decides to teach summer school. How do you Navigate, plan for it, and keep your sanity after ending your school year and starting all over with a brand new group of kids a week later. We're all about summer school. Be sure to tune in because you teach so hard.